In Spanish, its name means the Meadows. You might know it as the entertainment capital of the world, Lost Wages, or simply Sin City. Of course, I'm talking about fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. On average, 42 million people visit Las Vegas every year, and I'm one of them. I love this city. The sights, the sounds, the shows, the people, the history. I want to share all of it with you. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 57 of the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on this podcast adventure to what I consider to be the best city on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Before we get into this episode of the show, I'd like to thank my guest from two episodes ago, Lindsay Stewart, a.k.a. the Las Vegas foodie. Hunting out and talking about spots for late night eats was on my radar for an episode for a while, and it was nice to have someone on to help share some of those awesome restaurants. If you haven't had a chance to listen as of yet, jump into the archives wherever you get your podcast and search out episode number 56, Midnight Munchies, or head to the website at jeffdoesvegas.com. Also, I want to thank everyone for checking out the last two live video streams that I put together, one of which is now featured as a special podcast episode titled Las Vegas and COVID-19. I also want to say thanks to everyone who's been diving into the archives during these tough times. It's been great to get your feedback on the past episodes of the show and to hear from new listeners who are just now discovering the podcast while looking for a taste of their favorite city during these difficult times. All right, on to the show. A lot has changed in Las Vegas since I released the last special episode. So I thought it might be a good time to jump back on, provide some updates, and just check in to let you all know what's going on with me in the podcast, and most importantly, check in with you guys to find out how you're all doing. So let's start with the city itself. The big question, of course, is what's happening in Las Vegas? Well, the easy answer to this question is a whole lot of nothing. Hotels, casinos, restaurants, bars, clubs, shows, salons, spas, even strip clubs are all shut down. Uh, the governor, Steve Sizilak, he issued an order back on March 17th that was originally intended for 30 days, intended to basically shut down the state entirely, all non-essential services. He extended that stay-at-home order to April the 30th and also expanded the definition of what was considered non-essential services. So as such... Basically, everybody is being told to stay home as much as possible, to not leave the house. As mentioned, the casinos are shut down. All the hotels on the Strip are completely closed down. Everything downtown is shut down. Restaurants up and down the Strip are shut down. The number of people that I'm seeing on various Facebook groups online who are saying, you know what, there's some really good airfare deals to go to Las Vegas right now. Maybe I'll go and I'll just check it out and I'll see, you know, what the vibe of of the city is and what's happening within the city. People, it's really simple, okay? Stay the F home. That's what everyone is being told. 
as for the airport, they've scaled back their operations in a huge way. They've closed multiple gates and concourses all over the airport. They're funneling everybody through specific security areas and out through specific baggage pickup areas. Multiple parking areas are closed off as well. Again, basically, Las Vegas is closed it's it's really simple as that again stay home this is not a time for you to be going to las vegas and checking out as i say what the vibe is within the city i'll tell you what the vibe is within the city it's depressing right now people are not enjoying themselves in las vegas there's nothing to see there's nothing to do the attractions are all closed again national parks have been closed down hoover dam is shut down red rock canyon is shut down so it's not like you can fly into vegas even rent a car and go drive around and go check out some tourist attractions that's not possible so of course the big question that everybody has is when is vegas reopening i'll be honest with you I have absolutely no idea. And and frankly, anyone who says that they do know is a liar. Nobody knows. This whole coronavirus COVID-19 situation has been ever changing. It it's it's a moving target. It's constantly changing. The flow is constantly moving. Everything is is changing consistently with this. So again, anybody who says that they have concrete evidence as to when they think things are going to open up, they're making stuff up. They're pulling it out of their rear end. As mentioned, the governor's order that was put out extends the stay-at-home order to April 30th. Some resorts have already started taking reservations for May the 1st and May the 2nd. Honestly, my own personal beliefs and thoughts, that is not going to happen. May 1st is, is a completely unrealistic target in my mind. I've been called a pessimist. I've been called a negative thinker. I've been called a Debbie Downer. Various Facebook groups that I'm on, people are are jumping in going, ah, I've already booked my trip. I'm going May the 1st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I jump on there and go, no, you're not. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Again, I get crapped all over. But I legitimately do not think that things are going to start opening in Las Vegas until at the earliest I'm saying June the 1st. That is, again, that's at the absolute earliest. And even if that is the case, I don't think we're going to see anything even remotely close to quote unquote normal until the fall. Again, at the absolute earliest. There was a really great article from uh, the Vegas Advantage that I actually shared on the Jeff Does Vegas Facebook page uh, back a while ago, outlining what they thought a a reopening of Las Vegas would look like. And I got to say that they were pretty much spot on with what I'm thinking and what my thoughts are. They felt that the strip would probably see a, a phased opening. So you're not going to see all the resorts open all at once. That's not going to happen. It's not going to go like that. You'll see maybe one or two properties from each gaming company open up, and those will probably be spread out across the strip. And some of those properties may not see opening for quite some time. The article pointed out very, very accurately properties such as Mandalay Bay, for example. Mandalay Bay focuses hard on conventioners. They have that huge convention center attached on the backside of the resort. There are no conventions happening in Las Vegas right now. So there is quite literally absolutely no need for 
that convention hall and that convention center to reopen. So you may not see Mandalay Bay reopen for months. As such, Luxor and Excalibur, same thing. Because those properties are all connected, you may not see a reopening of Mandalay Bay, Luxor, and Excalibur for several months. I would imagine MGM will probably open some of their larger properties, and that would be in order to allow as much social distancing as possible. So you're probably going to see a property such as, say, MGM Grand reopen just because simply because of the size. The Mirage, though, for example, because of its location and where it is on the strip and how separated it is from the rest of those MGM properties, you may not see that open for a couple of months as well. Uh, Caesars, you'll probably see properties maybe uh, such as the Flamingo and Bally's, which are relatively close together, reopen as well as, say, Caesars Palace across the street. Again, Caesars Palace just because of the size of the property. So again, I think what you're probably going to see is a phased opening of the properties. Things are going to open over the course of several weeks or even several months. Now, even though you're going to see the resorts open up, you're probably not going to see complete casino floors open up. You're going to see sections of the casino floors open up. You're likely going to see that that social distancing that we were seeing kind of right before everything shut down, where they were in banks of machines. They were closing, say, two machines between two operating machines. You're probably going to see a lot of that. You're also likely still going to see some of those social distancing and and uh, group gathering rules uh, affecting uh, the the gaming tables. You're probably going to see uh, a few of the um, blackjack, for example, limited to maybe three players at a table. Same deal with the poker tables, things like that. And again, I don't have any concrete knowledge. I'm I'm kind of just going by my own thoughts and what I've heard from my various friends that live and work down in Las Vegas. So again. Casinos, you're going to see social distancing in place with limited opening on the casino floors. Uh, hotels, again, even those hotels that do open, you're probably only going to see one or two towers in the hotel open. And again, that's that will probably change as demand increases. But I think you're going to see a very, very soft demand off the start. And a lot of that is just simply going to have to do with the fact that right now there are millions of people who are unemployed, millions of people who don't have jobs, who can't who can't work, who can't afford to travel. The, the first thing that goes out the window when you lose your job is all of your recreational money. So in Vegas's case, that's that's traveling money, that's hotel money, that's gambling money. All of that money now gets poured out of taken out of that pocket of your budget and put into your 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 necessities budget. That's going to pay for your food, your mortgage, your your gas in your car, all of that kind of stuff. So again, I think you're going to see a very very low demand to start initially once Vegas reopens and and again as that demand increases, you'll start seeing some more things start to open. Shows you're not going to see any shows opening within that first little while in Las Vegas. I would say you're probably looking at a couple of months before you start seeing any of the big shows reopen. Cirque du Soleil has been in the news as of late uh, for their they're teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. I mean, they recently laid off 95% of their staff and are running on a, on a very skeleton crew. Basically the people that are working in the circ offices right now, they are just working to, to keep the lights on. That's basically about it. Cirque is 
as I say, teetering on the very, very edge of bankruptcy. So I think you'd be very, very, I'd be very, very surprised to see, um, any of the shows, any of the big shows opening up restaurants and spas are not all going to open immediately. I suspect that a lot of the restaurants, some will open just to fill the need that you have food there, but I don't think you're going to see any of the big fine dining establishments reopen. I think sit down meals are still going to be a question. You're going to see a lot of food court style stuff where people will They'll take tables and chairs out of the food courts. Again, it's all going to be about that social distancing buffets. You're not going to see a buffet open in Las Vegas for a very, very long time. And I think once you do start seeing some of the buffets open and there might be some of the bigger ones that open uh, wicked spoon at the Cosmo Bacchanal at, at Caesars ones like that might reopen. But I think when they do reopen it's not going to be a lot of self-serve. You're going to see people there. You're going to see serving staff who are going to be spooning up the food for you. It's not going to be a case of, of you're going to be able to be going through the line and, and picking off 400 crab legs for yourself. I don't think that's going to be a thing downtown Fremont street. That might be a slightly different story. They might be a little bit more aggressive with the opening down there. I think things are probably going to open up on Fremont Street a little bit quicker. Um, I think you're still going to be able to expect uh, social distancing to be in effect. I don't think you're going to see any of the big large gatherings. Um, I don't think you're going to see any of the shows or concerts that would have been performing on those stages on Fremont Street. I don't think you're going to see those for a very long time. I also have a sneaky suspicion they might do something about the buskers they might either limit the number that can be out there or get rid of them entirely just for now so that you don't get any of those large groups of people standing around now all of this being said this is all 100 dependent on a lot of different things as i said off the top this whole thing is a moving target this virus is an ever-changing situation. Every time a country or a jurisdiction thinks that they have have a, a hold of it, they think that things are are finally starting to go their way, all of a the sudden they're not. And you see a spike in cases or a spike in deaths. So this is all going to be dependent on a lot of different things. It's going to be dependent on, on the course of the virus. It's going to be dependent on uh, state restrictions from the state of Nevada. The governor there could decide to extend the the stay-at-home order longer past April 30th into May, into June. That's entirely possible. You may see further restrictions. You may see uh, shelter-in-place restrictions put in place, similar to uh, what California has put in and what uh, New York State has put in. Um, you may see some of that start to come into play. Um, again, other state restrictions are going to affect Las Vegas and, and when things are decided to be open. Um, there's, you, you may see travel bans come into place. There's been lots of talk within the U S of state travel bans and, and setting up ban bans to travel, uh, between or bans against traveling. I should say between state to state that is going to greatly affect travel into Las Vegas, federal restrictions, all kinds of entry bans at the U S borders right now. You got to remember the United States is not allowing Anybody who isn't a U.S. national or a U.S. citizen to come into the country from outside of the country. Las Vegas is 42 million visitors a year, and a very large percentage of those people 
are international. They're they're Canadians. They're from Europe. They're from Asia. So those people are not coming to Las Vegas right now. They can't federally. They cannot. If those restrictions get extended beyond where they currently are right now, you're very likely not going to see things start to open just simply because the demand to come into Las Vegas just isn't going to be there. Now, the other thing that you have to keep in mind as well is the logistics of getting everybody back to work. This is a huge deal for the simple fact that right now you have got 200,000 plus people out of work. There's 200,000 people that work up and down those resorts all along the Las Vegas strip. You're talking about uh, housekeepers. You're talking about valets. You're talking about maintenance people, security people, casino dealers, front desk clerks. You're talking about all of those people, plus all the people that work in restaurants and bars and lounges and entertainers. Again, it's over 200,000 people that, that are out of work right now. The logistics of getting all of those people back to work in a a quick and concise manner, that's going to be a nightmare. It's not something that you're going to be able to just magically make happen. And I think this is what I'm kind of getting from a lot of the time that I've been spending in in some of these various Facebook groups and uh, that are Vegas related. And and it's a little bit frustrating as a person. I like to think of myself as a relatively rational person. So it's, it's something that frustrates me when I see people that just seem to think that, you know, like it's just going to be, Oh, May the first magic switch. Somebody's going to flip the switch and it's just going to all come back magically. And everything is going to be just fantastically fine and wonderful. It's not, I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be a, a, a negative Nelly. I'm not trying to be a, 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 a bummer. I'm not trying to be any of those things. I'm just trying to be realistic. And in my head, as much as I would love to believe that come June or come July, we're all going to be hanging out poolside at the Flamingo while a, a DJ is, is pumping tunes and, and things are going to be completely back to normal and we're all just going to be lazing out enjoying the sun. It's not going to happen. I just, I, I don't want to get my own hopes up and I'm hoping that people aren't going to get their hopes up. But unfortunately, I really do think that, that people have a, an incredibly unrealistic expectation of how they think this is going to happen. Yes, I do believe that Las Vegas is going to come back. I do believe it's going to come back strong, but unfortunately, what I don't believe is a, I don't believe it's going to come back as quickly as everybody thinks it is. And B, I don't think it's all going to come back all at once. Again, I, I think we're looking at as much as I would like to believe that it's going to be sooner rather than later. I think in all honesty, we're looking at at least the beginning of June before we start seeing things open up realistically. I think we're going to be seeing maybe July before things begin to open up. And my guess is we're looking at October or November before we see anything even remotely close to normal for what we remember as normal for the city of Las Vegas. Now, so I guess the next thing 
that I want to cover and I want to talk about. I want to be, I guess, a little bit selfish. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about me. Um, I want to talk about what's been going on in my life, my friends' lives, and and of course uh, the future of of the podcast and what that future holds. So I'll start off with um, with what's happening with me. Um, first of all, something I haven't really talked an awful lot about in the podcast is uh, my life outside of the podcast in, in that I have a, a real job, a quote unquote uh, real job, which uh, for the last 18 months has you know, kind of gotten in the way of doing some podcasting stuff. <laughs> um, that's not going to be a problem anymore. Um, I am for at least the next three months, I'm expecting probably more likely closer to six months. Uh, I am going to be uh, unemployed, much like many of you are, I'm sure. Uh, you know, 10 million people applying for unemployment in the U.S., uh, a million people a week here in Canada applying for what we call employment insurance uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm not going to gripe about it. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to whine about it. You know, the 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 crazy thing, and I was having this discussion with my wife, the, the crazy thing is there's... There's literally nobody you can blame on this. Um, there is nobody at fault for your job loss. I I, I hate to, you always kind of want to look for fault, right? You always kind of want to look for blame. You want to figure out why is this happening and why is this only happening to me? Well, it's not only happening to me. It's happening to millions of people around the world all the time. And I mean, it's not like, it's not like, you know, the CEO absconded to the Bahamas with his mistress and $50 million of the company's money, or it's not like, you know, the company got sold to somebody and the new owners came in and fired everyone. It's, it's none of those things. It wasn't mismanagement. It wasn't poor planning. It's none of those things. It's something that's literally completely and totally and utterly out of our control. And as such, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I personally, I'm trying to find the silver lining in all of this. And I'm not going to lie to you. Last week, I, um, I, last week was kind of my first week of, of unemployment. My first week of not going to work and not having a job to go back to. And it was tough. There were some days where I woke up and I did not want to roll out of bed. I didn't want to put my pants on. I didn't want to do anything other than sit around in my pajamas and have a little pity party for myself and eat a lot of junk food. And, 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 and I just found that it was really starting to mess with my head. The first thing I would do when I would get up, if I even decided I wanted to get up, the first thing I would do, I'd, I'd go downstairs, I'd make my cup of coffee and I'd turn the TV onto the news. And it's just, you're just getting absolutely hammered with bad news over and over and over again. And it's death and it's sickness and it's virus and it's unemployment and it's, it's government issues. And it's all of these things that you're getting hit with. And, and you just, you kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it was, uh, there were a couple of days last week where I actually, I, I, I had full on breakdowns. Um, and, and that's okay. I, I'm, I'm completely okay with those breakdowns. I understand that that's going to happen and, um, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, it's, it's again, I, I understand that it's going to happen. I'm completely okay with it. 
the key I think is to, is to get past those breakdowns. And I think it was, it was okay. It's completely okay for, I mean, everybody's going to deal with this in their own way, right? Everybody's going to have their own situation and, and everybody's going to deal with this in their own way. So if you're continuing, I'm not saying what I'm doing for me is going to be right for you by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying though, is for me, what I needed to do was I needed to sit down and I needed to find the silver lining for the situation. And for me, I'm looking at this as an opportunity to hit the reset button on life in general, my life in general, just really push that reset button and, and discover work on me is what I really want to do. So, uh, this morning, for example, before I recorded this podcast, I, I got up the first thing I did I came downstairs, basement of my house where the studio is. I didn't come into the studio. I took my fat ass over to the treadmill, a treadmill that I have had in my basement for probably four years now that I used very religiously for about two years. And for the last several years has just sat there collecting dust, reintroduced my fat ass to the treadmill this morning. Felt great. Felt great now, might not feel great in a few hours, but that's what I did. I'm focusing on maybe trying to eat a little more healthier, doing some meal planning, planning out my life. I'm also planning on focusing on my mental health and not necessarily blocking out what's going on around the world, but just trying to find ways to work through what's going on in the world, not bombard myself with all of this bullshit that's going on. Listen, what's happening in the world is, is awful. It's, it's absolutely fucking terrible. And we all know people that are being affected by it in, in some way, shape or form, whether they're actually being affected by it physically and have actually been hit with COVID-19 or whether it's uh, a family member of someone or one of your family members or, or anything like that. It's, um, we're all getting hit with it, but I think there needs to be, you need to take five minutes out of your day to just do something physical to get away from it. It, it really just helps you. It just helps you get out of that zone for a little bit, just for a few minutes, right? That's what you really need to do. And, and I think if it, if it means jumping off social media for, for a day or two so that you're not constantly bombarded with all of these various coronavirus and COVID-19 stories, whether it's the, the doom and gloom that we're getting from the politicians and from the healthcare system or the craziness from the tinfoil hat people that think it's all being caused by 5G. It doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever need you have to get away from it, you need to do what's right for you. You need to, you need to focus in on your mental health. And that's what I'm taking this opportunity to do. That's one of the big things that, that I'm again, one of the silver linings that I'm, I'm trying to find in on this right now. Um, as for my wife, uh, she's doing okay. Um, her job is safe. Um, it's kind of a glass half full glass, half empty kind of situation there with her. 
Um, yes, her job is safe. She is an essential service. Uh, she works in healthcare. She's in a hospital. She is going in and out of that hospital every day where she is potentially exposed to COVID-19. So as such, that is stressful. Uh, that is stressful on the both of us. Um, I deal with bad stuff with pretty dark humor. Luckily, she understands that. So every day when she comes home, I joke about her bringing home the Rona, <laughs> bringing home the COVID, whatever it is. I joke with her about that. And and she's she's put some protocols into place for herself and that she's you know not wearing the same clothes home that she wore to work. Um, she's keeping a change of clothes at work and just wearing those at work. They have various protocols in place at the hospital itself where she's going in. They all have all the employees going in through one entrance all the time. Um, they're screening them as they come in. They ask them screening questions. They're taking their temperature, all of that kind of stuff. So it's stressful, um, to be dealing with that, but she's doing okay. And, um, and, and I mean, I've always joked that between the two of us, she's the one that has the real job. Um, her job is safe. So that's good news. Uh, we are, we are in a good situation for the two of us, uh, financially. Uh, so we're not too concerned about that. We're still concerned and things are definitely going to be a lot tighter than they were. But, um, we, my concern is more the health aspect of it for her, um, I worry about her health. I worry about her bringing something home and, and getting either of us sick. Um, we've both done a, a hell of a job, um, in, uh, isolating ourselves and leaving the house as little as possible. I'll leave the house maybe once a week to go get some groceries. And that's about it. I try and do it during, during the day and on a weekday when, um, when the, the peak is, there's not a ton of people and kind of off peak hours. So, um, at least that's a thing. So we're, we're doing what we can, uh, to try to, um, maintain a, a level of social distancing and a level of self-isolation in, in the way that the best possible way that we can. So, so that's been important for us. Um, What's happening with my Vegas friends? Well, um, most of them, almost all of my Vegas friends, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know that they all work in the entertainment industry. Um, as such, almost all of them are unemployed right now in some way, shape or form. Um, no shows in Las Vegas means no work. I have to say, though. It's been very cool to see how innovative a lot of them have become in figuring out ways to stay connected with their audiences and um, continue to put out material and, and again, like I say, connect with their audiences. Uh, for example, uh, Vin A from the Bronx Wanderers. Vin was a guest back on episode number 46 of the podcast, one of my favorite episodes that I did. Vin was so much fun to chat with. Uh, he and the Bronx Wanderers are absolutely amazing entertainers. And so Vin has been working on a, uh, an album at home recording just with the gear that he has at home. Uh, he's been putting together an album called Vindemic. Um, and, uh, he's been recording some songs, some originals, some covers, 
and um, he's been releasing those on Facebook as videos. And I've been sharing some of those videos uh, on uh, on my own Facebook page at Jeff Does Vegas. So you can scroll through and you can kind of catch some of those there if you want to check them out. They're very good. Uh, Colin Cahill of uh, Atomic Saloon and his wife, Mackenzie Fly, they have put together a, a project that they're calling Mac and the Cheese. And they've been putting out some fun uh fun little videos and songs uh, talking about life under quarantine and have been having a lot of fun putting those out. I've been sharing those on Facebook. Um, various other Vegas entertainers have been jumping on board and doing, uh, doing all kinds of, of live shows on Facebook. Uh, Murray Sawchuk, uh, Murray, the magician, who's got a show uh, right now at the Tropicana, uh, longtime Vegas headliner. Um, he has uh, just recently did a, a live show, a live magic show on Facebook. Um, uh, Matt Franco, uh, has also been doing some live shows on Facebook. Um, all these artists have been getting involved in doing live stuff on Facebook, which, which has been very, very cool, uh, to be able to see. And again, seeing how people are really adapting to this quote unquote new normal that we're, we're having to live with here. And it's been really interesting to see how those people, how those entertainers, as I said, have been figuring out new ways to connect with their audience. It, it's been, it's been really cool to see. And, I, and I'm really proud of them for, for jumping on and, and jumping into the fray like this and being able to actually, um, figure out ways to perform. Uh, it, it's been really cool. I've been connecting with a lot of the others in various uh, ways through, uh, through Skype and Facebook and zoom. Um, we had a big zoom party, uh, a couple of nights ago for, uh, Mark Chinook friend of the show. Um, it was his birthday. So a bunch of us all jumped on zoom. Uh, we all learned how important it is to make sure that if you are going on zoom, you password, protect the link in the room. Uh, we got subjected to uh, what they're calling zoom bombing. <laughs> That, that was interesting. Uh, there's some dirty stuff on the internet and somehow it all showed up on our screens all at once. So anyways, uh, PSA, if you are, uh, using zoom, be sure to use the password function and control who's coming into the meetings. Cause yeah, otherwise it'd get really weird. Um, anyways, as, as I mentioned, uh, I've been connecting with them, Skype, Facebook, uh, iMessage, texting, emails, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, been trying to stay in contact with them and stay connected to them. So, um, it's been great to, to be able to do that. And, and that, that, that human contact, I think is really important. I actually feel like I've been connecting more with my family and my friends since all of this began, since we're all kind of stuck at home and can't leave the house we're, we're finding excuses to connect with each other. I, I the other day I got a, a, a random call, um, MJ and Bree who were a guest of the podcast. They did uh, girls gone Vegas with me. Episode number 53. Um, I was sitting here working away on some stuff and my Facebook messenger started ringing for a video chat and it was, uh, it was Bree <laughs> and, uh, they they wanted to ask a few technical questions, but they also wanted to check in and and uh, and 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 talk with me about some stuff. So it was cool, it, you know that that human contact I think is is really important. So I mean the the one takeaway I'll, I'll give you from all of this it, to again find the silver lining in this. If this whole situation means that you are 
able to reconnect with friends that you haven't talked with in a long time or connect with family that you maybe you've been a little bit estranged from for a while, do it, just do it. Just, just jump on there and, and do it as best you can. Um, connect with those people. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Um, and as for, for my various Facebook friends, uh, Vegas friends that I've got that I've been sharing, uh, their, their various ventures on my Facebook page, go check them out, support them. If they've got a, an album for sale, buy the album. If they're taking donations, make a donation, you know, just jump in there and support them as best you can. Because again, you know, we're all in this together. We're all just trying to help each other along. That's really all we can do. And, and that's, that's the main, the main takeaway that I want to give on this. Now, uh, the big question that a lot of people have had, and I have gotten some emails and some tweets and some DMS about this. People want to know what is happening with the podcast. I mean, honestly, it, it's, it's definitely hard to, to put together a, a podcast about Las Vegas when a uh, Las Vegas is, is basically closed. Uh, and B you can't travel to Las Vegas and probably won't be for the foreseeable future. It's, it's very difficult to put together a podcast. So I've been trying to figure out ways to, to pivot and make changes to the podcast and figure out how to present the show in, in a different way. Again, really hard to do a podcast about a place that you can't travel to. But then again, there's lots of people doing podcasts about Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and, and various other magical mythical places that they can't travel to either. So <laughs> here we go. So some of the ideas that I've been coming up with and things that I've been working through, um, I'm planning on maybe trying to do some more stuff about history in Las Vegas. I've already done a few episodes about history of Las Vegas. I mean, we've talked about the mob history and we've talked about the atomic testing museum and, uh, the neon museum and things like that. So I'm in the process of, of trying to work on some, some of these other stories. I've had suggestions to do an episode, uh, about the rat pack and the history of the rat pack in Las Vegas. So I'm going to try and do some digging and come up with some stuff there. Um, Howard Hughes is a, a huge character in, in Las Vegas history. Uh, and so I'm in the process of putting together an episode about Howard Hughes. I actually had some stuff scheduled prior to everything going completely shit sideways. I actually had some stuff scheduled to, to actually do some, some interviews about Howard Hughes. So I'm working on rescheduling that. Um, I'm still going to try and talk to some of my entertainer friends and some various Vegas entertainers just to, if anything, try to keep their story out there. There's more to them than just their show in Las Vegas. And I think if you've listened to any of my interviews with any of my, my previous Vegas entertainer interviews, you'll know that. I mean, I've done interviews where I've talked to these people for an hour and of the 60 minutes that I've talked to them, there's five minutes dedicated to their show. So this really isn't going to be any different if I can't, if I don't just eliminate the five minutes dedicated to their show. So I still want to talk to those people. Um, I also want to try and work on some, uh, 
I guess you could call them deep dives into uh, Vegas history and some various um, incidents in Las Vegas, things like that. Uh, I've got some ideas in my head. There's a few podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis uh, that I'm looking at as inspiration. And so um, I'm, I'm working on trying to research some stuff and put some things together with that. So there is a future with this podcast, I think. And, and of course the silver lining to me, not having a job anymore <laughs> for at least the next three, four, maybe six months, um, more time equals more bonuses. Um, I'm planning on maybe putting together some video content, things like, uh, video episodes and, and special bringing in some of my Vegas performer friends to do special video performances, things like that. Maybe doing some video episodes, things like that. All of these things are, are in the plans. They're all in the future for the podcast. And so I think that is, is something to, to keep in mind and something that, again, I'm just trying to find really just trying to find the silver lining in a real, real, real dark cloud. And that wraps up another episode of the podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter, or you've got ideas for podcast topics, or maybe you just need someone to talk to during these bizarre, difficult, and very weird times, please feel free to reach out to me. Get in my DMs via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at JeffDoesVegas, or drop me an email directly at Jeff at JeffDoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit jeffdoesvegas.com for past episodes and show notes. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 57 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. <laughs>